Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 89 of the Tall, Dark, and Ratchet podcast. I'm your host, Marcel Williams. Now, I figured I would just jump right into it since uh, there's been a lot that's gone on this week. And I know I say that every single week, and some weeks it's true, most weeks it's not. But I mean, between the Kanye West interview, between some of the content that's come out, some movies that have dropped, and uh, some tragedies that have occurred... Figured, let's just dive right into it, shall we? Now, the first thing I'm going to talk about, which <laughs> is going to take me quite some time to unpack because of how absurd it is, is the new Netflix series. It's a limited series, and I really hope it has reached its limit, entitled Colin in Black and White. Now, I've been seeing this pop up on Netflix for a couple of weeks. Whenever it dropped, I think it was uh, October 29th. So not even two weeks yet, actually. Just over a week. And I've been reluctant to watch it because, one, if I'm being honest, I am not the biggest football fan. And by not the biggest, can't say I watch it at all or ever have. So... As much as I can relate to, you know, his uh, his stance on some of the things that he's done in the later years of his career, I wasn't really that pressed to go and check it out. Now I'm in this little club on Clubhouse, and someone t- says says to me, they're like, "Hey, Marcel, uh, have you watched this Colin in Black and White yet?" I said, "No." They're like, "Oh, well, you know, after I've watched it, I kind of understand the plight." of what it is to be biracial. To which I replied, huh? Because, you know, I, I complain sometimes about, you know, the the struggles of what it means to be mixed in North America. You know, sometimes you don't feel accepted by one minority and you don't feel accepted by, you know, other groups. And you just kind of feel like you're in this purgatory of race, you know, similar to Dave Chappelle's racial draft where, you know, he was mocking the fact that some people like Tiger Woods don't really know how to identify. And it'd be easier if, you know, certain communities would just embrace them as their own and just keep it pushing. So because there is no actual racial draft, a lot of us are kind of left. And by a lot of us, I mean, within this biracial community are left to just kind of pick a side, right? Because even if you say that you are biracial, it's almost like you're denouncing either side. So anyways, so I got a little bit curious. I said to myself, all right, well, maybe I'll go and check this out um, and see if I can relate to this story that's being told. Now, of course, because this is Netflix, you can't really screen record. Did I find a way how to do it? Maybe. So we'll see if that works later on and if this gets flagged. But... I'm going to play the trailer right now just so that we're all kind of on the uh, the same page as to what we're discussing here. And then uh, I'll give my two cents about this limited series. Let me share a story with you that's not told enough. While I was in high school, I still had a lot to learn about the way the world works. But you know what? I wouldn't trade those moments for anything. All 
All right. So this was the shorter version of a trailer that was like a two and a half minute one. And I'm like, nah, I got to find something under 40 seconds because I don't want to have to subject you guys to this. Now, what really sold me on this, because again, I wasn't really too sure what they meant by, you know, the plight of being biracial in America or in Canada was that Ava, Ava DuVernay is the one who, um, I guess, produced this. Now, if you're not familiar with her work, she's made some classics such as The 13th, which is also on Netflix, When They See Us, also on Netflix, Selma, also on Netflix. So I'm like, all right, if it's anything like this, sign me up. You know, I'm a huge fan of what she's doing. <sighs> but that's not what we got to see now, is it? So I wasn't really watching this with the intention on writing notes. And uh, but quickly before the even title came up, started to take notes. And if you if you're wondering, well, why would you start taking notes? Here's the reason why this was so poorly done that they um, let small shit like this slide. So this scene in the very beginning of the, the series, this is the first time we see young Colin Kaepernick and Colin Kaepernick is narrating throughout this entire series. And he says, you know, my, my biggest passions were sports. You know, I, I loved baseball, football, and even a little bit of basketball. And then it's got these coaches that are kind of just watching him play in the courtyard. Now, I'm going to play this clip, whether it gets flagged or not. Hopefully, we can make this into the into the podcast because I did rip this off of Netflix directly. But I felt I needed to show you what I was seeing. So here's a clip of young Colin Kaepernick just playing some hoops. Damn. Check the hands on Kaepernick. Tell you what, this kid gets better and better every year. Now I'm going to stop it there. You tell me if you can isolate what was wrong with this scene right here. Now, in the beginning of the clip, he's playing basketball. You know, I'm, I'm going to play it forward. But wait till after the coach says, look, he's getting better and better every single year. Look at which way young Colin Kaepernick is facing while he is dribbling against this other player. Damn. Check the hands on Kaepernick. I'll tell you what, this kid gets better and better every year. Why are you underneath the net trying to get around this guy? So from this moment forward in the rest of the series, I had a very close eye to some of the details as to what was being shown and what they were trying to depict because you can't say the kid has been getting better and better every single year and then he's trying to play against defense while already being underneath the net. Kind of crazy. Now, here's the thing, right? I get what he was trying to drive home, that his whole life, you know, has been filled with turmoil and lack of acceptance and seeking validation and all this kind of shit. You know, I can relate to some of these things. But they had young Colin Kaepernick looking like a little ass bitch this entire series. Every episode, there's only six of them. He's tearing up or crying about something. And it's very hard for me to put myself in these shoes because some of the things that he's crying about, I'm like, yo, bro. Suck it the fuck up. How are you going to make it to the NFL 
if you're letting some of these small little microaggressions get to you. So I, you know, I thought back to my childhood. What was it like for me when I was 14, you know, getting my hair braided for the first time? And they have a scene in this series where his mother goes up to some coworkers of hers who happen to be African-American. And she's like, hey, uh, you like basketball, right? Um, I mean, uh, what product do you use in your hair? And just saying some super ignorant shit, right? Now, to give you some context, Colin Kaepernick is biracial. However, he was raised by adopted parents who were white. Both of them white. So I can't really relate because I had a West Indian father who raised me, who was in my life. So I guess that was maybe one of the differences where I had an advantage in that regard. However, when it came to getting my hair braided, my dad didn't know shit about shit. By the time I was 14, he was already 60. So what the fuck did he know about getting hair braided? He had never had braids. So now my Caucasian mother found a woman brought me to her house, had my hair braided, got me the products, kept it pushing. They made this shit seem like it was the most, you know, cultural clash of all times. I'm Colin Kaepernick's age. Granted, he was raised in the States. I was raised in Canada. However, he was raised in California. You can't tell me California is probably not one of the most progressive places in the U.S. So when his mom goes to a barbershop, and tries to get his hair braided and, and, you know, is looking for products and shit like that. She was there just in awe and in shock of everything. Why get an interracial kid if you are just going to be so inept when it comes to raising a colored child? Do a little bit of research. Watch a couple of programs. So then he gets his hair braided and then his hair, his head is just killing him. The braids are so tight, they're just killing him, Right? He's tossing and turning at night, couldn't sleep, he's rubbing his head, his shit is turning red in the show. I'm like, yo, yes, it is a little bit tight the first time around. But again, this kid found any reason to cry throughout this entire series. So I'm like, okay, all right, I see where this is going. I see what you're trying to cook up over here. You're trying to make every small, minute detail feel like a thousand pounds. They even went as far as in one scene, his white friend, who wasn't a great friend, by the way, was like, hey, do you want these rims? And then Colin's having this like, you know, got to make this crucial decision like, ooh, those would look good on the whip, but I don't know. I'm just going to have to say no. You know what? I can't do it. Later, come to find out these shits were hot. They were stolen. Colin really tried to paint himself out as if he was just, you know, such a goody two shoes. He was doing everything right and everything just kind of, you know, was just working against him. The system was since day one was just working against him. What would have made this shit more believable is if he had a little bit of rotten apple in him. Because the reality is I was a little bit of a fucked up seed. So when I would go around doing shit, yes, everybody around me would get in trouble. I would be reprimanded a lot worse. Now that is realistic. But for you to be the goody two-shoes who's always getting the finger pointed at him, getting scalding looks and being told this, that, and the third, come on. Like, come on, bro. Yes, you're tall and, you know, you've got some melanin. But let's be honest. 
young Colin Kaepernick could have been Dominican as far as we are concerned. I still get called Dominican at 34 years of age. And his Afro wasn't even that coarse. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, Marcel, this is very problematic. Your views are... No, I'm going to tell you what my experience was and, and what my experience was watching this. And this seemed like Colin Kaepernick was trying to play the Struggle Olympics. And rather than just trying to just get a participation award, he was going for the gold. The way he was comparing the football combines to slavery. Look, there was some nuances where I'm like, yeah, I could see how this is, you know, very get out-ish. But he made it seem like him being the light skin in the school was the worst shit ever. The black kids had it easy. The white kids had it easy. But for me, it was shit. I, I would have actually had more empathy if the, the dynamic between him and his white adoptive parents was had more turmoil. But they were relatively supportive for a couple of confused white people trying to raise a mixed kid. So now his friend who's shitty because at one point they, of course, played it up quite a bit. They had Colin Kaepernick in like some hotel lobby. Most of the scenes that racism took place, by the way, were in hotel lobbies on his baseball tournament runs. So there's a scene where they're handing out ice cream and everyone in the, in the hotel is supposed to just get one serving, right? So Colin gets his, his serving of ice cream. And then his friend is just you know, sucking the ice cream back himself. And Colin's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go see if I can get myself a second one. And then the lady's just like, no, you already had one. Everyone needs to have one. So he's like, oh, shit. Well, everyone's had one. So can I get another? No, I said no. So then he goes back to his friend and his friend's like, yo, I don't know what the big deal is, but I'm about to go get my second second. So this kid was going for thirds. And this is when I knew this was a shitty friend because for you to see that there was, you know, a bit of a struggle going on here with your friend who was just trying to get seconds, you already got your seconds. You weren't even like, yo, let me go and get you your second. You just said, hell, let me go get thirds and eat that shit in front of you. Sorry, little blight skin boy. <clears throat> shit is delicious. Now I'm lactose, so he's probably doing me a favor if I was that kid trying to get a second. So this kid, his friend later on in, in the series, like, because Colin kept trying to be street. He kept trying to be involved in what his friend was getting himself into. So finally, the kid tells him, like, no, these are stolen rims. And, you know, this is what I got to do out here. And then Colin's like, well, why can't I come with you? Rather than his friend saying and being a good friend, just to say, you know, hey, you know, you've got your whole life ahead of you. You've got all this potential. People are trying to scout you. I just don't want you to get wrapped up in this. Rather than saying something like that, do you know what this kid says? He says, look. If I get caught, yeah, I got to go to jail. I got to take that. But if I get caught with you, yo, I'm getting shot. Now, why you got to say it like that? So dramatic. And throughout this whole fucking show, this little young Colin Kaepernick is just crying. He's feeling bad for himself around every turn. Like, oh, only the baseball teams want me, but I really want to play football. Like, you entitled little bitch. And then at some point in time, he says, um, he's like, yo, you know, I'm never anybody's first choice. So? At least you're the second pick. I wish I was the ninth pick. 
He's, his coach is like, oh, you're going to have to go to the junior colleges. This kid literally teared up and said, I'm not going to a JUCO. I'm not going to a JUCO. Go to the junior college. Get an education. Go play some sports. But no, nothing ever, you know, satisfied this guy. And then they had this moment where the dad was trying to be profound. And he's like, he said this shit. And I wrote it down because I'm like, yo, this shit is wild. He says, things work out best for those who make the best of the way things work out. Huh? Why you got to talk in riddles, motherfucker? Like, what are we saying here? So long story short, there was a lot of problematic shit in this series. If you want to go watch it, by all means, at least get yourself a laugh. Because again, I wouldn't say to take this serious. They had this guy who was really trying to push Colin Kaepernick to become a baseball player. Like baseball coach like, yo, you're throwing away all these opportunities. It got to the point where like he would just walk past him in the hallways and just make little hand gestures like, come on, that baseball. And I think one of my favorite scenes too was young Colin Kaepernick going to go pick up his... um, black date for the homecoming or something like that and he's there every single time he's in a setting where it's black people they, he tried to make it seem like he was finally home like he finally belonged then he goes to this girl's place and you know she's got family everywhere you know uncles introducing themselves this and that and then he sees the food and he's just mouth watering over this food and then they fix him up a plate And then he's like, yo, they put a slab of something on his plate. And he's like, oh, great. I love pumpkin pie. And it was sweet potato pie. Like, why would you say you love pumpkin pie? Like, it didn't even look like pumpkin pie. So, again, I get what they were trying to do. But, you know, if you look at the comments, it's funny. Some people are just like, yo, oh, it's so hard what, you know, Colin Kaepernick and Meghan Markle had to go through like shut up this is the thing so you know what's crazy this is you know people always say like oh this is gonna set black people back xyz this is gonna set biracial people back a thousand years we never even had a struggle to begin with like i would like for once i'm gonna make a series it's gonna be called marcel in black and white and it's gonna be solely speaking about the privilege of being biracial Because never once was that highlighted throughout this entire series. It was always just, woe is me. I've got it the worst. Like, come on. So if you want to go and see it, like I said, you'll get a good ha-ha out of it. But I can't really relate. Now, another thing that came out was The Heart of a Fall. Now, that I would recommend because after watching it, I kept saying to myself, like, wow, the soundtrack is so good. Like, it really works with this movie. It blends in. And then I've kind of been hopping around some of these different places, um, whether it be Clubhouse and Twitter has spaces now. They did a a bit of a, a conversation with Jay-Z and the director who also did the score for the movie. And it's really cool how they kind of made this, where initially they were trying to make it for theater. They wanted to make it big, you know, and so that when you get that theater experience, it really resonates with you. But obviously with the pandemic and just how things worked out, it ended up being premiered on Netflix on Wednesday. Excuse me. And um, no, it's it's really well done. They pretty much got, you know, all of the the your favorite black actors from TV shows and, and movies kind of melt, melt them together into this Western kind of a setting. The story itself isn't true, but it is based off of real characters. And there's 
Easter eggs throughout the entire movie. So like on the train, they've got Chadwick Boseman's name on there, just, you know, an ode to him. It's just all these little things that they tried to sprinkle throughout. And one of the things that they really wanted to focus on was melding the music to the storyline. Like every song had to progress the story or give extra emphasis to what was happening in there, which you don't really see in movies or TV shows anymore. It's more just like an afterthought. Like, okay, what's some, what's a cool thing that we can do to add for a soundtrack? You know, let's get Beyonce to do the whole thing and then you know that's it so highly recommend that the harder they fall you should definitely go and check that out and of course the kanye west interview that happened on drink champs now i stayed up it initially said it was going to be at 10 p.m to premiere on youtube and then it ended up being 11 p.m so by the time i was done it was closer to 2 a.m actually no it was because how long was it? it was like two and a half something anyways so it was probably like closer to 3 a.m so I, uh, I stayed up, watched the whole thing and it was great. Now, the one downside to anytime you see an interview, especially with Kanye West, is that people always want to take these little sound bites and these small clips and try to dramatize them as if he's having a, you know, a bipolar episode and that he's acting crazy and all this kind of stuff. But when you watch the entire thing in context, this was actually probably the most normal and happy we've seen Kanye West in a very long time. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. There's only two people who don't know who I am on this planet that I will cape for and that I will always try to defend. And that's Dave Chappelle and Kanye West. Although I may not agree with all the things that they do as people and what they mean to me and to the world, I feel like it's important for me to try to, you know, extend my appreciation and try to justify for them. So if you haven't watched this Kanye West interview, don't go and watch the clips. Don't be lazy. It's a couple of hours. I've actually watched it twice already. And every time you learn a little something more, not just about Kanye, but all the things that he's talking about. And he went everywhere from obviously just, you know, hip hop music, but you know, his relationships, his views on things, business, he was dropping gems throughout the entire thing. So I think there's something to be learned for everyone, regardless of how you feel about Kanye. You don't get to $9 billion, allegedly without doing something right. So I think it's something that everyone should go and uh, check out. And one of the clips that came out of that, which I actually, the only reason I want to play is just to drive home again, how trash this Colin Kaepernick is. Kaepernick thing is. Um, he had a, a part where they were asking him these questions, quick time or slime, where he'll give you two options and then you have to choose one or take a shot. So the question was, push a T or Big Sean? This was Kanye's response. When I die, on my tombstone, it's going to say, I deserve to be here because I signed Big Sean. Now, the reason why this relates to this Colin Kaepernick thing is that on Ava DuVernay's tombstone, it will read, I'm here because I had a hand in Colin in black and white. That's right. I said it. Cancel me. We're all just trying to get canceled out here. But anyways, um, and I got to stop calling him Kanye West because his name is now just Yay, uh, which was also explained on this uh, Drink Champs. Now, since then, it's been the biggest thing on the internet. You'll still see clips circulating today, even though by the time you see this, it's Monday. Now, one of the things that always happens whenever something big in hip hop occurs, Fat Joe will go and try to give a recap. So he did a recap on his Instagram Live. Nori came on. And he alluded to something else coming out either Monday or Tuesday, right? So if it didn't come out today, by the time you're watching this, 
then expect something tomorrow, which if I'm thinking the way that this interview ended is that it's probably going to be a part two. Because if you remember at some point in time in this interview, Kanye said, hey, I've also got Larry Hoover Jr. here. And it'd be nice if he could say some things before we get out of here. So I'm thinking they maybe have like an ex extra hour or something like that, where it's, you know, a conversation with Larry Hoover there as well. And um, if you think that, you know, he's still beefing with Drake and that that's a, a real beef that's, that's going on. Nah, after watching this a couple of times, it's very clear that Kanye is at a point where he just wants his relationship with his wife to work out. He's very big on family and that the whole issue that he had with Drake, the one thing that really bothered him the most was the fact that Drake kept alluding to having had sex with Kim Kardashian, to which he says that he actually had a conversation with Drake about it. And he said, look, I didn't sleep with Kim. And he said, it's not the fact that, you know, you um, are saying that you did or you didn't. It's the, you keep teasing and alluding around the idea. You know, you move to Calabasas, you message all of his all of the people in his circle, all of their girls and all of his, you know, wife's girls and all this kind of shit. And it's just, you keep taunting me. And he had a really cool analogy about, you know, the, the whole Mike Tyson and Holyfield where everyone remembers Mike Tyson biting Evander Holyfield's ear and Mike Tyson in that situation being Kanye West. But nobody remembers the, you know, below the belt blows that Holyfield was doing. And that would be Drake just giving these small little jabs. He never really comes out and just says some shit. And that was what Kanye said he was really big on. He doesn't like the subliminal shit. He really likes to just, if he's got something to say, just say it. And of course, a lot of people felt away because he went at, you know, Just Blaze. He came and had a response to it. Big Sean had a response to it. Allegedly, he's supposed to be going on to Drink Champs to clear some things up. He gave some shots to Talib Kweli. He came out and put out a statement. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff came from that. And uh, however you feel about it, I uh, am always going to be in Kanye's corner because My Beautiful Darkness of Fantasy is the greatest album of all times. And that's my opinion. That's my two cents. And I'm sticking to it. Uh, the last thing I wanted to say is that there was a huge tragedy that went on at... Uh, Astroworld, which is Travis Scott's festival in Houston. Now, there's a lot of people in attendance. And I don't want to talk about this too much for a couple of reasons. One, because I don't like to make this a pop culture podcast, even though I literally only spoke about pop culture this episode. And two, it's uh, it's still fresh, you know? And um, I just read something today where the youngest person who passed away, there was eight people who died in this um I don't even know what you'd call it. Like it was like a mosh pit stampede. It was just all kinds of chaos that took place. But the youngest person was actually 14 year old. So it's it's very sad. And and today being Sunday, Kanye West dedicated his Sunday service to the um, the families who have uh, experienced a loss. Since then, Travis Scott's put out a written statement, a video statement. Um, Kylie Jenner was there and she was unharmed and she put out a statement. And it brings up this thing where people are now trying to, you know, give a lot of criticism to Travis Scott saying that he could have done more, should have stopped the show because, you know, people were getting injured and hurt and trying to flag him to, you know, uh, bring more attention to people who are passing out. And the show continued for another 40 minutes or so, right? 
I saw also that Roddy Rich is actually contributing all of his net profit from that show to the families. In one of Travis Scott's statements, he says that he's willing to, you know, help in any way he can, whether it be compensating with the funerals and so on and so forth with the families affected. It is just all the way around tragic. Any which way you look at it, um, you never want to send your kid off to a concert and then have them not come back. Um, and I saw some other footage from the show where people were inciting violence just for the sake of inciting violence. There was a video of some dude who whipped a drink into the crowd and then proceeded to take off his jewelry and get ready to fight people. Like, why? Like, what is the sense in that? That to me is the definition of senseless violence. And um, maybe I'm just getting older, but you know, when people are always like, oh, why don't you go to like concerts? Why don't you go out more? Like when you see this much shit where you could just be going out just to have a good time, but it's the people around you that you can't control their intentions. And sometimes people don't, aren't in the right state of mind. You know, people could be depressed, lashing out, um, you know, lost the will to live and just trying to take their shit out on other people. Like there's just so many things that can go awry. And I'm not saying that you should just be in a shell and a cocoon and never go out and experience things. But f speaking for myself, it is a little disheartening when you constantly see this kind of stuff. Um, when it's like, why can't people just go out, have a good time and then make it back home safely to their, um, their loved ones. But Again, my heart goes out to anyone who was affected by that um, that incident that took place at Astroworld. And um, if you are planning on still going and attending some of these festivals and stuff that are going on, just be safe. You know, surround yourself with good people. Um, you know, don't do like I don't know. Just don't do any weirdo shit. Like, just don't try to incite shit. They even have a, a speculation right now that people were going around injecting something into people. One of the security also said that he felt a prick and then immediately passed out so that people were injecting others with drugs and stuff like just a lot of weirdo shit going on. But again, um, my condolences and my uttermost sympathies to those families. And um, yeah, I just hope that we can all be kinder to one another. Um, and on that note, that is it for me because uh, we're just at around 30 minutes here and I want to wrap this up. I just really want to get that Colin Kaepernick shit off my chest because that shit was ass. That was probably the first time where I watched a six part series of anything, knowing how awful it was, but just waiting to see what elements they could throw in that would make it worse. And I'm sure there's some shit that I missed because after a while, like I was just so immersed in the bullshit that I, I wouldn't even take notes anymore. I would just jump on Clubhouse, rant about it, and then go back and continue watching it. So either way, if you do end up watching it, feel free to give me your two cents, but I'll see you all next week. Peace.